Welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show for friends that you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing about movies, cinema, for as long as I can remember. And we aim to bring you honest conversation for friends that you can trust. I already said that, but we're the friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm Nick Moffat. I'm here with Derek Deal. What's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty good, you know, uh, just excited to talk about this movie, uh, yeah. Malignant, yeah. Malignant, mm-hmm. uh, the infectious tumor, um, good stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, this movie's something else, this yeah. movie's getting kind of mixed reviews, and I kind of get it, but also, dude, I was, I, I'll, I'm gonna tell you straight up, straight up, right now, I was close to giving this five stars, <laughs> yeah, like, like five minutes before the movie ended i was like five stars i love it yeah and then uh and then they didn't answer one of my questions mm. and i'm still confused about it maybe you can help explain it um but at, after that i was like okay four stars four yeah. stars not quite five yeah so um <laughs> anyway um i want to talk about james wan before we get started on this james yeah. wan is the director of malignant and he's he's a he's a quite the career, and I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. Yeah. Um, coming from the horror background, you know, he's very much a horror guy, and I mean, he's done. He's only been around since two thousand four or so, but in that time, he's done a lot, and he's kind of he's kind of reinvented cinema in some ways. It's definitely I, like has a hand on the wheel of all horror. Like he is kind of been the guy pushing the trends of horror yeah yeah in different directions so so, i mean let's get into it really quick so i mean you know me i love i love that blank check podcast like i really i really think they should do james wan because looking at this filmography is like man he's got the blank i I wanted to text you after i saw malignant i was like is this his blank check movie (laughs) i think it kind (laughs) of is kind of is even though like he's had a lot of success early on I feel like this is like this is the purest blank track. Like this is yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get into it as <laughs> yeah. we uh, get into the episode. But when we say blank check, we mean like you can make any crazy passion project you want. And man, uh, Malignant certainly was a crazy passion project. Um, but anyway, so his first movie, Route the Gate, in two thousand four, was the first Saw movie. Mm-hmm. And Saw, if I remember correctly, kind of uh, brought torture porn movies uh body horror to um the modern time mm-hmm. uh, it was like saw and then hostel and yeah. uh and there was a rash of those type of movies eli roth was right there with him with those kind of things kevin fever and stuff but for sure saw, i think was the one that was like here's torture mm-hmm. and <laughs> let's get into it yeah because i think it was made really cheap and just made a lot of money and oh yeah all the studios flocked to that they're like how do we do this again yeah and then they made like seven of them yeah but james wan was only involved in the first one or maybe he produced or helped write i'm not really sure but um he only directed the first one Mm. um and then he did dead silence which i saw it's like a um uh yeah basically (laughs) it's like that it's like that guy um yeah, it's like a dummy, yeah. you know, comes alive or whatever. 
Um, not great, not great, but effective horror. Uh, Death Sentence is his next one. I haven't seen that one. I think that's kind of his forgotten movie. But and then and then he did the first Insidious movie, and Insidious, man, that that's a horror movie. You know that yeah. the imagery in that movie is disturbing, and it keeps me awake at night. <laughs> I think like Saw and Insidious, like are both pretty good representations of like what he brings to the table for horror. While Saw, like you know, I feel like both those movies are kind of medium like as far as how they were received and what people think back on them you know but like saw was such a big like just you know it like kind of changed that industry and i think insidious what insidious did is it like you said the imagery like there's some really there's a lot of practical like makeup effects in that movie that are just so inventive and weird and yeah they just like embed in your mind and um and that he kind of brings that forward in his career too with his other movies. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like uh, I mean I I've seen Insidious, but it's been a while. I feel like I need to rewatch it because I was probably a little distracted when I saw it that one time. Yeah. Um, and I I really love to rewatch it, but I feel like Insidious and this next one, The Conjuring, mm-hmm. really like are where he made like he stamped of this is this is me with horror yeah um the modern horror landscape i think is kind of defined by the conjuring movies at least the mainstream horror landscape and insidious right there with it too like the conjuring is to me the conjuring brought supernatural spookiness back to the mainstream and man profitable you know yeah those are like you know those are you know modern blockbuster horror movies those are big big box office kind of horror which doesn't really exist all that often anymore and then he did insidious chapter two i haven't seen that one but i again the imagery in the insidious movies i feel like is is there's something something else yeah and uh then he then he made the jump he uh, did Furious Seven, mm-hmm. <laughs> which um, you know that's that's a big budget. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a big task. You know that's the one where Paul Walker died midway through the movie, and um, you know he was able to spin it and uh, turn it into an emotional like goodbye for him. You know that I think in some ways the seventh one is the most emotional just because of the tie-ins to real life, but mm-hmm. it's also just. It's a great movie, you know yeah. the the effects in that movie, the 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 stunts, um, the bad guy. Like I think Furious Seven is one of the best Fast and Furious movies. Agreed. And then you went back to Conjuring Two, which another solid solid horror. I mean that one freaks me out. We watch it together. That's mm-hmm. a solid horror. And, yeah. But then he went back and he did Aquaman. Like yeah. this guy did Aquaman. This guy started with Saw. Did Insidious and the Conjuring, and then you did Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman. It's just, man. And it's like, Aquaman's not my favorite, but I know people love it. Like, you're a fan. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's very yeah, goofy. It's, it's crazy. Because, yeah, it's like, I mean, I think it, it, it makes sense, like, following Furious 7. Like, Aquaman, like, when you watch it, you're like, I, I can see, like, through lines between the two of, like, 
you know, he, he's got a knack for large scale, like action sequences. And then also like the cheesiness. And I think the cheesiness exists in all of his movies. Fast and Furious is kind of known for its cheesiness and Aquaman is filled with cheese. <laughs> and, right. uh, but yeah, it is pretty crazy. Like, I don't I'd be curious to look at what the budget for saw was, but I know it's very, very low. It was like, uh, very few locations and stuff. And I'm pretty sure Aquaman's like $250 million budget or something like that. So yeah, it's a pretty incredible career uh, in a pretty short time, you know, 15 years at that point, not even. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And yeah. um, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I feel like he's, he's got a lot of talent there. And, you know, you saying that his movies are cheesy I think that might be, I was kind of saying earlier that uh, his doesn't get the respect because of horror. That might yeah. be part of it, but also the cheesiness too. I think that yeah. a lot of critics and movie fans, you know, they scoff at cheesiness, but uh, kind of love it. Yeah. I no, I, I love Yeah. I, I, a lot of people find cheesiness like, I don't know, like it feels like the movie's not trying hard enough or something to when they respect you know but the cheesiness for me is oftentimes some of those heartfelt moments that kind of ground the movie for me so um when the movie doesn't totally take its or or it's the movie's taking itself too seriously which is also really endearing to me so i like yeah. that you know totally um yeah uh i i just was looking at our show notes you you mm -hmm. mentioned like in the same kind of thing you mentioned uh like the spectrum of horror that james wan is on yeah um do you want to talk about that for a second yeah yeah well i was just like kind of thinking because you know he's been a large we we're just talking about he's been a large part of the last 10 years of horror you know saw spawned like seven sequels conjuring spawned like seven sequels insidious has done they're coming out with a fifth one um and he so he's on like the spectrum of like big budget horror movies and when, but when we think of when i think of like you know the best horror movies the last 10 years the first things that come to mind are like the robert edgar stuff edgar stuff and ari aster like hereditary and stuff which are incredible movies and they're so scary the witch and uh you know, midsummer and stuff like that oh, but yeah. but they're kind of they're kind of a completely different approach to Whereas, like, even, like, the, even, even, uh, like, The Lighthouse, um, yeah. Robert Eggers' Lighthouse, it's not, like, gritty and grounded in reality, but it certainly has, like, a starkness about it that's not cheesy. It's, like, right. it's surreal, yeah. but it's, um, still, uh, um, I don't know, it's almost, it's not realistic, but I want to say that it's, like, it's, like, I don't know. It's serious. Yeah, I used you know, the, where... I, I made up the word or I said artisanal horror. Like it kind okay. of feels like it's more of like a, you know, a very finely crafted and gestated like thing that they you know that they make and it's like you know it's incredibly well researched. These accents they like had to rebuild languages for the witch or accents for the witch yeah. that no one uses before and stuff. You know, it's like yeah. stuff like that. It's like really getting into um like the fine specific things and uh you know really bringing you know like 
very artistic approach to it and everything like that. Whereas I feel like James Wan is much more on like the let's get into the theater and have a blast, you know, kind of thing. Like just like bucket of popcorn movie and um, which I, I love both of those equally. I'm not like one to necessarily put like a someone who is very obsessed with the artistic value of what they're doing over someone that just wants to create a cinematic experience, you know, that that you're going to remember and have a blast with, you know, those are both on the same level for me. So, and I feel like that's where they kind of lie there. There's not a lot of crossover between their kind of horror. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's, I think there's something to like, just because someone's making something cheesy or poppy or, um, you know, uh, showy, mm. it doesn't mean that they don't have uh, something to say. You yeah, know, because I would exactly. I would argue that a lot of James Wan movies actually have like a lot of deeper themes going on, especially this one, *Malignant*. And there's uh, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. But it just he does it in a way that's kind of like tonally silly sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that his movies lack like artistic sensibilities either, because I think he's really creative. I think he's one of the more creative directors, and he comes out. You know, he's got a lot of cool ways of shooting different scenes that. I mentioned in the show notes that I've like there's multiple times throughout almost every movie I watch that he makes where I'm like, I have never seen someone shoot that scene like that. Like I've seen this kind of scene before, but that's cool. Like that's a n- new thing, you know? Totally. And, um, yeah, that's just the, it's fun to it. I think it's important to appreciate that kind of stuff. And Yeah, dude. Um, well, let's get into *Malignant*. Um, yeah. We've already kind of started talking about it a little bit, yeah. but uh, *Malignant* uh, stars Annabelle Wallace, Maddie Hassan, and George Young. Um, plot description pulled from Letterboxd, IMDb, and Google because I wasn't really um, satisfied with any of them, but it was the same one on each of them. <laughs> uh, paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying reality. It's currently in theaters or on HBO Max. So um, the thing I don't like about that description is the word paralyzed. Yeah. Because I don't think that she is ever truly paralyzed. I mean, maybe every once in a while she likes it. Like, she's paralyzed in her visions while they're happening. Yeah. But um, other than that, like, it gives... I think this that description makes it sound like she's, like, I don't know, bedridden or something. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, uh... Real quick, talking about the cheesiness of uh, of Malignant, um, yeah. the first scene, the opening scene of the movie starts, and it's crazy. Yeah. And the characters are just, like, yelling, and there's all sorts of stuff happening. And it's a lot to take in. And I was sitting there, I literally said, are we watching a movie inside of a movie? Because it kind of felt like it was so cheesy that, that it couldn't have really been the movie we were watching. Right. Because that's supposed to be like a really scary movie, and I'm like laughing, you right. know. But again, I love it's laughing. Almost like an movies. Evil like, Dead feeling to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but then and but then the the opening scene ends. Um, this character that we don't know yet, like basically looks at the camera and goes, "We have to cut out the cancer." <laughs> and it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. And then it goes in these credits that are yeah. like pretty disturbing. It's like uh, 
some sort of hospital notes and they're like all these like gross descriptions of like brains and things being cut like it's like what the hell are we watching and then the movie kind of gets going and it's i feel like it's pretty grounded uh at least initially you know it's it's um you know the main character annabelle wallace plays this woman who's in an abusive relationship and she's pregnant and um there is like some really uh upsetting stuff with the pregnancy and the the guy that she's with um and then it it kind of uh turns into like a like one it like it turns into um a mixture of a lot of different genres of movies mm-hmm. like this is kind of one of the things i liked about it was that it felt like james wan was like playing homage to uh the history of horror movies mm-hmm. like there were elements of slasher with this movie like there uh, people were just kind of like being killed off like they do in slasher movies yeah um there were elements of psychological horror where you were kind of going is she going crazy right. is she the one doing this like is there something else going on and is she psychic is she talking to the devil like it it left you like wondering like what was going on inside of her brain right and uh um, some haunted house elements too haunted house elements supernatural yeah. like um it just it felt like uh it felt like there were a lot of things going on with this movie and um at the heart of it uh, at least for most of the plot there was like a mystery of what was going on. Like there were these couple cops that were kind of uh, trying to solve uh, these murders that kept happening. And she was in the center of them. Yeah. But again, she's like this like pregnant lady who's like recovering from acute trauma to the head. And um, that's like what happens her uh, minor spoiler, like her boyfriend slams her head into the wall. And uh, it's just, um, you know, so it's like it, 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 she can't be the killer. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, I was I was actually pretty like interested in the in the Mystery. story. Yeah. Honestly. Like I was like I was like engaged. I was wondering what what the hell's going on. You know, yeah. I was I was into it. Especially with and... that opening scene, you're like, how is this connected? <laughs> what right, does that right. that scene have to do with any of this? Yeah, and yeah. you keep thinking back to that, and so it's like it does a pretty good job of like you know opening the doors and letting you guess what's happening. Yeah, you know, yeah. like one of those like kind of like see if you can figure it out. Kind I think of that's, kind of stories. that's part of what's fun about him kind of dialing into those different like tropes is you're kind of like moving with those tropes. You're like, oh okay, so it's gonna it's a okay haunted house thing, but then it like kind of changes to a different kind of movie. You're like, oh well, maybe it's a you know, maybe this is what's ha- so you're con- it's constantly kind of changing genres within the horror right and you're kind of changing how you're trying to solve the mystery in your head too yeah it's like again it's kind of what goes back to what you were saying before of like like i've seen movies like this but yeah. it feels different like it's shot different you're totally right like it yeah. james one has uh a lot of style yeah and he knows how to move a camera but it's also like it's also like he's aware of what you might be thinking about as an audience member who mm. has seen slashers and seen uh you know haunted house movies and stuff before right and what traps you might fall into with yeah. with those movies and then you know and then the ending happens and you know without spoiling it it is like you know it is something that i've never seen before and was 
pretty shocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wish I, I wish so badly I got to go see this in theaters. I'm like still debating on if I should just like on the way home one day just stop and go watch a showing. Just, but it'd it, be pretty cool. It, it feels like a movie that would be awesome in with like a pretty you know like a busy theater with like a lot of audience reactions because it's got especially in the end it's just like i could feel the energy <laughs> it's like man if it was in a theater right now like it'd be going crazy <laughs> people would be oh, like right. i was flipping yeah. out like I'll i was honest, too i was absolutely i i was on my couch basically yelling <laughs> i was did just like did just, shannon watch this with you uh yeah most of it i think okay. she was kind of in and out for parts of it but she watched yeah she watched it yeah and um yeah, we had a couple friends over from uh, at their at town, and they're staying with us, and they watched it too. And it was just yeah. like, that sounds you know, fun. It was. And well, we can get into the ending and spoilers. I really don't want to say anything, but yeah. you know, this is kind of what I heard going into the movie was that like, you know, the movie seems like it's a regular kind of horror movie, and then the ending happens, and it's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Should we just get into it? Should we talk about the ending? Yeah, well, I was going to say, it? there's a couple other things that I uh, really liked about the movie real quick, which yeah, was, um, I thought its soundtrack slash score was really cool and, like, kind of different for this. So, like, was that, like, a weird horror version of the Pixies? It was. It okay. was. Good, <laughs> good ear there. Because, yeah, Shannon called that out, too, and I, I didn't hear it at first. They played yeah. a few times of the movie, but, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it's a weird remixed or covered version of uh where's my mind yeah super weird and i liked it i don't know like it kind of like it's like yeah in the it kind of has the i guess it didn't really have the guitar i don't think really right but it has like it's just yes kind of droning kind of noise yeah but it worked for me it like and it was loud and like it would kind of just slam in uh in between like scenes like when the detectives are like walking into the next scene or something you know and um i don't know it just had some interesting i, I whatever they did with the soundtrack i thought was just it was kind of different and it it worked for me and i like i, I always like when some pop music shows up in <laughs> some movies it gets you jazzed up gets you excited and stuff and, yeah. and that cover was cool i thought um i also, feel like i have to listen to that cover out of context like i need to like see if right. it's on spotify because yeah. i was like so wrapped up in the movie that <laughs> i couldn't like i liked it i liked the song i liked the like i liked it in the movie yeah and i'm wondering what it sounds like just you know by itself. when i'm at work or something <laughs> um that was cool to see uh the movie kind of committed a little bit harder to being in seattle more than most movies most movies that are in C take place in seattle do like a opening shot and then they never go back to it you know this movie actually has quite a bit of like lore and stuff that is built around the city like the seattle underground and uh you know they mention like we're in i don't remember what they said bainbridge island or something or up on yeah. wallingford you know they they actually kind of committed yeah. to being in seattle some, which was kind of fun they had some really beautiful shots of the city and stuff and i totally yeah. agree i loved how they had in the seattle underground that was actually like a funny thing because yeah. we were kind of you know we weren't you know during the movie it was like oh the seattle underground and our, our friends from that town were like 
like what is this place like they were just like there's just like stuff underground we're like yeah like literally seattle was built on seattle yeah uh we should we should go there next time you're in town yeah. like there's we could actually uh, haunted tours tomorrow. of it too you can go to yeah and uh too. right and then you know and then the movie kind of takes place and i was like i'm never going to seattle underground. <laughs> <Not sure. laughs> yeah um that was fun just because usually we get you get the short end of the seattle stick where they're like it's in seattle but really vancouver you know we don't really care sure totally <laughs> um i i made a joke on letterboxd um you know the clpd around here doesn't have the best reputation <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. and uh like just there's a few times in the movie where the cops do like very suspect things like not like not like abusive or anything like that but just like come on a cop wouldn't do that like they right. They put a potential killer like in like they they think they got the oh, murder right right <laughs> and then they like put her put the person in like a, a, a an occupied jail cell with like other it's just like right. I think they would put her somewhere private because she's Wait. a dangerous person she's dangerous a murder person. suspect <laughs> yeah like she, it's not a DUI or something yeah yeah um, on that note actually I was gonna say one thing um, if I have to be if I wanted to be critical about these kind of movies which i don't usually like to because it's very clear that they're being they're kind of doing like a schlocky silly thing at times you know um i think it's supposed to be kind of fast and loose and not like a very you're not supposed to be super critical about it but one thing that the one trope that i feel like exists a lot especially in the 2000s horror movies is like the detective side story um and usually that doesn't work and um in this movie it kind of fell into the same problems i felt like at times where it's just like you don't really you know they're there to kind of help us move through the story and process things um but it's always kind of disappointing that you don't really care about them at all you know there's they're almost just there to kind of give you some information um yeah. i do think they did a little bit better job with this one i think the detective the guy detective was actually uh, you know, he's charming. They gave him some personality, which is just like all the girls were constantly fawning over him. Um, yeah. And then he has a couple, he has a really cool chase sequence that I thought was actually really awesome and fun. Um, so he had a little bit more to do than most of the detectives in these kind of movies do. But um, that was the one thing that was kind of just felt like they fell into that same trap that uh, a lot of horror movies do where they just have those characters that just don't matter and they take up a lot of screen time and they don't really add much well yeah there's that there's that part towards the end where um like like the movie tells us what happened you know yeah. like it, it it tells us what happened mm. and we're like oh wow that's what happened crazy yeah and then there's like right afterward there's a scene where the sister calls the cop and explains everything that happens as an exposition dump and you're like yeah. You know, we're watching it going, I know. We know all this. We just watched it, you know? <laughs> just, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, that kind of thing, right? Where, yeah. like, they're trying to keep, like, they're trying to make sure the, be 100% sure that the audience is on yeah. board with what's happening. Well, and they don't want to have that, like, logic jump where all of a sudden the cops know because then they're, then people are going, well, how do the cops know all of a sudden? It's like, well, because yeah. I didn't want to spend time dumping the exposition, but. Yeah, it's kind of there's got to be I'm sure there's a there's people that have pulled that off. I just don't know what it is. And I feel like, yeah, this movie kind of fell into that. Yeah, I did like the chemistry between uh, 
the lead cop and um, the sister. They mm-hmm. had they had like instant chemistry, and I I kind of dug sure. that. Yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. Like they like there's something there, but not like super explicit. But that's also part of my like other like Seattle PD like kind of joke of like like what's this cop doing like kind of flirting with this like suspect's sister you know like (laughs) it doesn't seem very professional yeah for sure well yeah i think that's my last non-spoiler thing okay cool let's get into spoilers uh because i'm eager to talk about it yeah so spoiler (laughs) this point on spoilers 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 pretty big spoiler like i wouldn't I would recommend not listening if you haven't seen it because it's a really exciting, pretty idea. big spoiler. Yeah. Yes. So let's just like lay it out really quick. So yeah. just to be clear, um, when her boyfriend or husband—I can't remember if they're married—but she slammed her, his head, her head against the wall, mm-hmm. and um, that opened up, um, <laughs> like a creature that was living like not creature but like like a another person that was like living inside of her the back end of her brain i think they call it a parasitic twin (laughs) yes so it opened up so when she was born there was a another person that was basically living on the other side of her head that was like a small little like fetus looking thing that had arms and like a weird face and it was like wow I think they shared a brain, or yeah, it lived off of her brain. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It shared her brain, or yeah, and then uh, it could make her see things and do things. Like it could take over her brain and make her think that she was just doing something normal, like Mm. sit in bed or reading a book or you know just you know whatever. Like she thinks she's just doing something regular, while really her body is running around backwards yeah (laughs) Yeah. that was like the chase scene you mentioned you're like watching like this person like run around and you could tell they're like running their limbs are backwards but they're running straight but like their limbs are backwards and their sweatshirt is on the other way around and um (laughs) it's a very weird surreal sight to see yeah and uh yeah so um it's like it it the cancer that they talked about in the first scene was was that so they decided to just cut that whole thing off and then stuff what they couldn't (laughs) cut off inside of her skull and basically seal it off tape it shut yeah like heal it shut and then so when it opened up it kind of brought it opened the door for gabriel that's what they call the parasitic twin mm-hmm. uh, gabriel to kind of come back out and like literally there's a scene where he like opens up her skull and it's like Wah! <laughs> which yeah. was awesome yeah i loved it's... all of this like <laughs> me the, too the body horror elements of this movie were so shocking and outrageous and just like oh my goodness i was just jaw dropping like i was just freaking what... out about all of it at what point did you do you think you figured it out? Was it when they showed you, or? Well, here's the thing. I feel like I figured out that it was something to do with her. Yeah. At least at the chase scene, you know, like I'm yeah. like her. It was like her long hair, and she's like running, and it's like okay, like something weird's going on where that's like 
she's running backwards. So, but, and I, you don't know it's her, but it like, I don't know. It like kind of looks like her. Yeah. Right. So I feel like I kind of got the sense that something was going on. I, if I was the cops, I would have locked her up basically immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like it was like, she's like the number one suspect right, right. from the get go. Everyone's um, connected to her. Like, <laughs> Well, not everyone. Well, like, not everyone, but, but also but she, she like turned herself in. She was like, yeah. the guy who killed my husband just killed someone I don't know. Yeah. But I'll take you to his house but and I show you that it happened. Yeah. 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 And he was stabbed this many times. So, <laughs> yeah, you're going to jail. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't, you shouldn't be out in public. You definitely yeah. <laughs> killed somebody. Uh, I think when, when it was kind of, when it was revealed that her bio bomb was like in her attic because i the whole time they have like little breadcrumbs where like her head just keeps totally. bleeding and i, and I oh, kept yeah. thinking about that i was like okay i i knew like my first slot well not first but like you know halfway through the movie i was thinking back i was like okay he smashed her head again okay so that was the inciting incident i kind of figured that out because okay because they kept coming yeah. back to the bleeding head. I was like, okay, so that has something to do with it. I yeah. got hung up. I was like, man, I can't believe the hospital sent her home with her bleeding this much. <laughs> right. then, uh, but yeah, once the mom was in there, I was like, that on, like, the first thing that popped in my head was like, or maybe she has like a Voldemort thing going on <laughs> from like the first Harry Potter book with like the Voldemort on the back of the head thing. It's kind but of what I was like, thinking. Connected it with that, yeah. Huh? But I didn't think <laughs> that they took it a lot further than <laughs> I oh, didn't yeah. imagine it being like this other human on the back of her like body and yeah. stuff. See, I didn't crazy. see. So I yeah, like I'm with you. Like I thought it was her, but then I didn't really like. I I didn't even think that there was another person living inside of her head or like like coming off of her until. Till I saw it, I yeah. think. I mean, I kind of, I, th I think Siamese twins kind of popped into my head a little bit, you know, yeah. but again, like the, the creature looked full size. Yeah. And so I, I just was like, it's probably not a Siamese twin. But then, yeah, it was, it really wasn't any twin. It was like this thing that was, can't even explain it. It they, was just so strange. It's really well done how they reveal it too, because it's not even a jump scare it's like a slow like you know you're about they're about to reveal it and like the kid it's like a they're watching an old vhs tape right and they're in the kid and the camera guy's like slow like shit's going crazy in like the operating room or whatever and he comes around the corner and you just see in full glory like this thing on the back and in yeah. the characters watching and you're just like oh my god <laughs> and then you have that same re you cannot help yeah. but just like yell at that moment it's not even like it's you know it's not like a jump scare it's just it's a truly horrifying image and one you never expected to see yeah so it's uh absolutely absolutely it was very very weird yeah um so i mean let me ask you really thing that i got the thing that i was confused about that i still am confused about yeah how did gabriel have like electrical power so like he, they were yeah he like kept he kept like butting with electricity he was like blowing out lights and he was like talking through like uh radio waves and stuff yeah. like how how <clears throat> if he was just inside of her brain 
like like there's a scene in the end towards the end where she like lifted up something really big like it was like a table fell on her sister and she yeah. was like it's been in my body all along i can do it and yeah. so then she lifted it up but like i mean she can't like shoot electricity out of her fingers right now or, that or explode all the lights in a room and stuff like that yeah but, so what, what was up with I, that did they explain that or did i just I, miss I that? don't think they explained it but my assumption was just that he is evil he is like this evil entity that is like i don't think a parasitic twin's a real thing maybe it is but <laughs> i don't really... let's google it click, yeah click, click, i guess click. it sounds like a scary google um <laughs> uh, like i i think the idea is that it is like this evil creature that's living that's you know controlling her body and controlling her mind and it has abilities beyond you know what a regular human would it's kind of just my assumption okay so like she, he's not like necessarily like the devil or a demon or something, but like maybe though. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just figured it was a super. He's got supernatural stuff. Yeah, they didn't really explain it, but I just sure. because there's also like weird scenes that don't they don't fully make sense unless he is some sort of supernatural. Like when the husband in the beginning like goes downstairs and sees the thing on the couch, and then he turns on the light, and the thing's gone. Like, if that was her, then how did she just disappear in thin air? You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's... but maybe that was what he was showing her, right? Oh, like, maybe like she was seeing Maybe that, that was her, like, upstairs, and that's what she was seeing. We were seeing it from and her perspective. Yeah. It could like, be. like, Gabriel was just showing her. You're right. I think you're right. Uh, and if you look at it that way, maybe, maybe if we watch the movie, maybe they're just, like all of that is just like what she saw like yeah. maybe there wasn't actually any weird electrical stuff yeah like he yeah that might be it like he was making her believe that he's no but there's there's a scene famous. where there's a scene with the cops where he, he's on the smartphone right yeah he, she's like i want i want he wants to talk to you and then it like comes out of that speaker right yeah and then he but i get i don't know probably gotta rewatch it i don't know yeah the thing is like i probably will rewatch this movie like i really really enjoyed it and i'm not saying it all will magically make sense no. i think i'm i'm okay with horror movies kind of not making sense sometimes just for the fear factor yeah um but um i think this one was a very effective horror movie and i think that it's gonna have like cult status mm -hmm. years to come you know i think people are gonna be talking do you think it's going to have the James Wan effect of spawning seven sequels? <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I, I hope, it hope not. Yeah. I know it doesn't seem like a movie that needs a sequel. It should have one. Um, can I tell you the other thing that this movie reminded me of? Yeah. Um, that episode of The Office where uh, <laughs> Dwight was talking about how when he was uh, oh, yes, I in know. his mother's <laughs> when he was in his mother's womb and he, he had that ball thing he's going He's going, when I was in my mother's room, she had twins. But next time they checked, I had absorbed the other twin. So I have the powers of myself and of a little baby. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's just like that, yeah. right? Yeah, that's how it works. Um, 
Yeah. Um, I guess so. There's some a lot. I can't remember how long it goes after it reveals. I think it's pretty much the third act, right? There's some cool action stuff that I really liked. There's that chase scene we mentioned, which I'd be really curious to see how they film that. I kind of feel like they had to do like a tenant thing where they film the action scene in reverse and like yeah maybe rewind it or something. But yeah, because it's it's a bizarre looking scene. It's like yeah, it's a backwards human sprinting and like running backwards and like fighting and uh, there's a cool like uh police station like brawl between the um the main the baddie you know the the bad gabriel gabriel there you go gabriel and like all of the cops and uh yeah that was the that was the scene i was mentioning earlier where like basically they like arrest um emily yeah and they're like we think you killed like a bunch of people yeah. so here we're putting you in the cell with 10 other women who are <laughs> like just dui or whatever people yeah. and they're like ah look at this bitch you know she's she shouldn't be in a jail cell yeah. and then she just like murders all of them yeah and then like a bunch of cops and just like i don't yeah. know it's like man like the SPD. entire everything yeah. in the police station is dead yeah yeah she that feels so many people it was pretty cool it was actually like um you know it had like a weird little lens they shot that with is like a bizarre it almost felt like this weird like fisheye like lens like it was it was kind of weird looking and um it it reminded me of lee winnell who they've they kind of came up together um you know lee winnell was in saw and um they've worked sorry my dogs are in here and they're annoying but uh and they've they're both australian directors they both horror directors and lee winnell at least in my book has really made a name uh, doing these really cool, awesome, stylized fight scenes in his horror movies. and yeah. Which isn't common in horror movies, I feel like. Like a big, you know, maybe there's like the little, the ending uh, showdown between the baddie and the hero. But um, Lee Winnell did um, like The Invisible Man, right? And uh, Un... Uh, Upgrade. Unbreakable. Upgrade. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, they both have that, and this kind of felt like that. It kind of felt like James Wan kind of dipping his toes into, like, see if I can do a really cool, like, stylized, like, awesomely choreographed fight scene. Um, it wasn't as cool and stylized as I think. Like, Lee Winnell has just a weird way of shooting it, where it's just, like, nobody shoots fight scenes like that, you know? It just, like, swings the camera full, like, 180, and, like, just, like, weird. Um, but it was still fun, and uh you know it kind of changes the pace of the the movie a little bit in a fun way um it's not just like a dramatic horror movie you know kind of turns into this awesome like pretty violent uh like 10 minute action sequence between gabriel and all the police and stuff so i like that a lot i thought that was cool yeah absolutely great great scene it was that was another one where I was just like freaking out because yeah. it was just like the 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 brutality of this movie yeah. and like as she was killing all these other people in the police station, it wasn't just like oh you're dead you're dead it was like bone shatters like right. like head is split open gut blood is gushing it was like really graphic yeah. scenes and I think I've said like I love body horror so mm-hmm. like it was again like what I was mentioning in the beginning it was like 
he started incorporating elements of body horror in it. It's like yeah. this movie could go in a lot of different categories with horror. For sure. Well, this scene's really unsettling too because they don't shy away from Gabriel's face once the reveal happens. So like yeah. he's like, you know, he's got like his head poking out the back of her skull. <laughs> but then like on the back of his head is like her blank face, like totally. dead eyes while he's like brutally murdering all these people. Because she thinks that she's just like sitting in that police station, like not yeah. doing anything. Yeah. And, so funny. Um, and that, that psychological stuff there in the end is really fun too. I like that. Like she's kind of like she's discovering that this is what's going on while it's happening also so she starts realizing like there's like dead bodies and stuff and she's like i gotta figure out how to take control and like um yeah i just those last like 20 minutes for sure like i just really loved i feel like they that ending i think they knew they had in their pocket and like once it starts going it's like all the way to the end of the movie it's i i loved it i thought it was yeah, very very well i agree done. i agree well listen Derek. we've been talking about this for a while i think we need to wrap it up yeah that's fine but uh yeah this movie is really fun i'm i'm wondering if our other podcast buddies would enjoy it <laughs> yeah um because again i don't think it's necessarily a movie for everybody but i think it is a movie for horror fans yeah for so sure if you're you're a fan of horror uh i highly recommend it mm-hmm. so james wan still yeah. got it for horror movies yeah not just an action director so uh next week um i think sean is going to take the lead and he's going to be doing uh the card counter the new oscar isaac movie mm -hmm. and uh, it's a paul schrader movie i didn't know that until yeah i just looked it up paul schrader first performed right yeah a bunch of other stuff too. wrote taxi driver and stuff oh yeah that that man yeah um cool right. well um so the yeah this has been the monthly movie dispatch please like and subscribe to us on youtube or uh wherever you listen to podcasts um derek do you have any closing thoughts no cool well um keep watching movies and enjoying yourself have a great day bye